Ready? Here we go. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind, drown out the noise, and see if this connected. And see if this connected. What's up, fam? The mission of this connected podcast is to connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. To not necessarily agree, but be listened to. These conversations, of course, highlight the perspective of our various guests, and you are always welcome to agree or even disagree. But as always, we hope that it is done in charity. Now, here's your host, Catholic.Dad. Uh, it's recording. Oh, yeah. it's recording already? Well, I just pressed it right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when my my hand went when my finger here? went like this. like that? Okay, that was pressing. So we put on us first. Uh oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> I still not used to this. I told you we just started <laughs> doing this. <laughs> great. Okay, so welcome to 2023, Tony. Thank you, Tony, for that intro. And thank you, Tony, for that intro. Thank you yes. for prompting me that. And it's going to be a joyful year, and it to is. start off the year. You know what we thought of doing, fam? Um, we thought since this was very youth ministry inspired and a lot of youth ministers come on the show, but we thought we'd give a little introduction in the intro of 2023 about youth ministry and things, uh, pitfalls, things like that. So we are going to give you guys 30 minutes of episodes on certain things about youth ministry, certain things that I wish I would have had something to listen to, something um to go on so tony we're going to do a couple of those and we invited uh people who had a large number of years in ministry you know at least 10 years of ministry that includes you and me so um as a guest on these series of episodes we invited someone that we know oh look at that we got melissa so melissa welcome to the show thank you thank you and to the mayhem that Tony and I do in this cringy podcast. In this room. In Thanks this for room bringing me in. Call this connected. This connected. I hope this connected. connects with you. I hope this connects. So I promised Tony that we wouldn't have a whole lot of minutiae in the beginning because that usually takes 30 minutes and there goes the episode. Yeah. So sure. um, for you guys who are on here for the very first time, my name's Arnell. I was a volunteer youth minister at St. Mary's, now doing podcasting and no longer doing active youth ministry. But I still do youth ministry because, as I said, everyone's a youth minister. That's right. So Amen. our ministry, this time for me at least, is through this episodes of podcast. And also I still continue to teach confirmation at St. Mary's and still walk with some people who are now youth ministers themselves. And then there's this guy. I'm the polo wearing youth minister. He or, is. I don't know. Hashtag don't know. power why, yeah. I, <laughs> and I guess uh, I've been doing ministry since, um, I guess, since I was a teen. And I'm 28 now. And now I'm serving as the youth faith formation coordinator at Oscar Romero. What about you, Melissa? Yeah, I'm very similar. I started um, first time they let me do anything. So I must have been, 
I mean, I was on the server in middle school, but then elementary and middle school. But my first experience really with youth ministry as a server was when I was in high school and I started serving in middle school youth ministry. So yeah, it's been a long time for me being a volunteer. Um, but I became an active paid youth minister like it was my full time job. Um, well, just working in the youth office, I started in 2012, becoming a full time youth minister was 2015. Um, to where I am still currently a full-time youth minister. So I've been at two different parishes. Currently, I serve at St. Peter and St. Paul as the youth and young adult minister. Wow. And, and you know what? By and by. <laughs> Wait, how, how old were you when you first started working? Because I was 23 when I... In 2012? Uh, yeah. 19? Wow. 19 or 20? I think I was like 19, 20. Uh, I don't remember if I was 19 or 20 when I got hired, but it was right around there. Now I'm 30, so... It's been a little over 10 years of like, this is my job. This is what I do for a living and yeah. still getting used to that. So yeah. getting used to this is this is what I do for a living. Every year is a new year. Yeah. Every group is new a new challenges. group. Yeah. And every aspect of it is new challenges. So between us, we probably have around 35 years ministry mm-hmm. and a lot of experience in different areas too. He's serving in, in Sacred Heart area, Rancho Cucamonga, St. Peter and Paul. You serving always way far in the high desert <laughs> and now in the riverside area and me at st mary's and yeah so, two polar opposites two polar in my opposites. opinion yeah, yeah. Very true. <laughs> and we won't even talk about totally different met. communities very, <laughs> totally different very, communities. very different ships. and so it's diverse in the communities that we serve but it's all in the same aspect of what our goal and mission should be mm-hmm. which is well we all serve in that and leading teens closer to christ but in this episode fam what we're going to be talking about is that ministry long game. You know, some of the things, as as you know, when we've been serving a ministry, we have certain seasons. So it's it's what I want to entitle this episode is ministry long game in a short season. Because mm-hmm. every year, you know, it's the new year. We get so excited. September is coming up. New group of kids, new group of teens, new group of youth who are going to come. We have these retreats. They're on fire. They go through. And you don't see them again and it's like oh what happened to that season they were so on fire and now where are they so the reason why i ask people who've served a long time in ministry is where are they now it's Mm kind of like do you see some of the people that you walked with you're in your 30s do you see some of those people are they married Are, are they still serving are they wandering in the desert somewhere still looking for christ in all the wrong places Mm -hmm. so that's what i want to want to talk about that ministry long game what is our long game and and how have you done ministry and and where do you see those young people today and what advice can we give to incoming ministers who have been there it's their first year or it's their second year it's their third year and they're wanting to like oh my god i i i I just want to find a new parish. <laughs> I need a fresh start. I need a fresh start. <laughs> and then they start and they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the second year. And it's like, oh, it's like, I just want to find a new parish. Yeah. And you have ministers out there who are like, how many parishes have you been at? Yeah. <laughs> and are you still parish doing this? Parish hoppers. Yeah. Parish yeah. hoppers. Because they're still trying to do yeah. the same thing. It's kind of yeah. like what I used to say. It's like when you plant a garden mm-hmm. that very first year, you kind of till the soil. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's like clear. There's nothing growing. Then you're planting seeds. That second year, everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything grew in the right place. And that third year, the weeds start popping out yep. and all the start flowers are like underneath. overgrown. And then you're like, what do I do? Yeah. 
So what about you guys? Ministry long game. What's your experience in the short season? How do you get into that short season? Yeah, I think it, it really depends, not depends, but I've noticed a difference in the seasons. Definitely you, the seasons that the teens go through themselves. So like with me personally, I see such a high number of teens in the summer because they're they're on fire. You know, there's so many summer events. There's so much fun high energy activities and like that's what they're looking for right they're like i have nothing to do this summer i'm not in school um i just want to go and have a good time kind of thing and so we see that with with steubenvilles and with um just the different retreats that are put on throughout um throughout the summertime there's there's camps like that people Mm -hmm. go to and so you see they're so high energy and then you know, we, we, we want to take that into the fall season, right? And like, okay, we're starting school again. Like you said, it's it's September. Like, let's go. Like, we, we have the teens. They're ready. They're on fire. They want to participate. Um, and then they go back to school. And then they slowly start co- stop coming to things. They slowly stop participating. You still see them at mass. You still see them, you know, um, God willing, they're still like receiving the sacraments. And we still see them, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Um but not so much participating in like youth ministry anymore or not so much coming to events, coming to like weekly events, coming in and participating on a regular basis. And so with me, I, I, I've noticed that there really is like the high, the high points and the low points of the year. And it's always, you always know you're going to have a, a pretty good number of teens coming in the summer, a pretty good number of teens coming like right after um, they come off of, of break or even like during Christmas break or holiday break, whatever it is. And you, you see that high number, but then the, it slowly comes back down. And it's this whole, I like to call it like um, the, the roller coaster, right? Like you, the, they're mm-hmm. up and they're excited and then they're down and it's not so exciting anymore. And then they're up and then they're down. So um, it's always very interesting figuring out how to navigate that as a youth minister, but also how to work through it. And so the biggest thing for me um that I've noticed and I've had to kind of check myself in a lot is like you said, not just continuing on in ministry the way I have been or the way that mm-hmm. it's, I'm like, Oh, well this works. This worked for me last year. So I'm going to keep <laughs> doing that this year because like you said, one, even though we're serving pretty much the same group of teens, you know, we have them for about depending if they start in middle school, you've got them from anywhere um, like seven years to, to four to seven years, right. Depending on when they start. But really they change like we all know this we change i'm i'm not the same as i was when i first started in youth ministry nowhere near that um i don't have the same time commitments i don't have the same um abilities to do certain things my gifts have changed my just just things have changed and they're the same way the teens and so knowing that you have to be ready as a youth minister to change your ministry you Mm -hmm. have to be ready to kind of i say this all the time youth ministry is just kind of like going with the flow and kind of going in whatever direction the Holy Spirit is taking the ministry. Exactly. Because you can't just keep doing the same things over or, oh, we did, an, like, the way that we did this night on, you know, the Trinity last year, we're going to do it the exact same way, same work talk. it worked Exactly. Last time. You had such a great response to it. And then you do it, and you're like, why didn't we get the same response? And it's because learning that just as we grow, the teens grow, the ministry needs to grow also it needs to expand it needs to change um it's it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like a given example one year where we where you know a lot of times especially in middle school ministry you, you use a lot of food and and it's a lot of waste <laughs> and it's like you know putting food on people's faces on mm-hmm. on people's heads and it was always something that the youth 
you know, in the past loved. And this one year, it's like the kids were like, I'm not going to do that. Yep. It's like, I am not going to do that. I'm like, yep. this is fun. It's like, no, that's wasteful. Mm-hmm. And going with the times and, and young people who are, yeah. who are knowledgeable about nature, about social justice. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, this is not what we're being taught to be wasteful and, and, and stepping on grapes and putting it between our toes and just throwing <laughs> it away. It's like, we can give that to the poor mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And I'm like, what? we've been doing that for five years. Yeah. So it's like, They've always loved that. It's like, what's wrong with these youth? I can always count on middle schools to want to be messy. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> no, we, we don't want that. Yeah. And um, so those are things is we also have to change with the time. So how about you, Tony? What, what's, what's your experience in, in, in the ministry short season? You know. um, I mean, the, the only thing that comes to mind, because it's, it's – when we were talking about this topic, I was like, oh, I have the same question. Can I get, Can I be the listener of the podcast? <laughs> um, I, I've said this multiple times, and it comes down to is um, I think we view, uh, just like how we review re- retreats and conferences and stuff, that it's an experience and to teach the kids that we're not worshiping an experience. Um, because if we worship an experience, it's merely emotional. Um, and as I've said multiple times, like emotions shift and change and, um, there is going to be the roller coaster effect of the ups and downs. Um, so that's what I've seen is, um, when they're on the high from, from a Steubenville or a confirmation retreat and that trickles into youth ministry or whatever the thing is. Um, that high can only last for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the the, the culture is going to also win and that, that God's not present in their everyday life. Um, that's going to counter. Um, so that's what I see the short game is because we merely, and I think us as leaders are also guilty of doing that, using words, um, using phrases like, wasn't that such a great feeling um, when we experienced that? It made me so happy. And, and I know this is how we articulate. That's just how we describe it and so forth. But um, I think a lot of us, and I'm guilty of it at, at, at times too, is, is saying it in that way that that's the reality, that our emotions about the faith is the reality. Um, but God, that, le- that limits God in the faith and the church. Um, because, you know, just like when God, when Jesus said, you know, go and make disciples, he also said that I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Like, it's going to be a difficult thing. Um, so emotions also going to be an emotional roller coaster. It's going to mm-hmm. be difficult and, su- and such. Um, so that's what I see. Ultimately, bringing it back to the topic, it's like we see the, the fluctuation, in my opinion, because the short game is, oh, well, you know, I had this great retreat experience, but then, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me and that was really hard. I, I, I didn't do well in school mm-hmm. or my parents really, uh, you know, got mad at me today. Um, so God's not really present. You know, I don't really want to go to youth group. Uh, I don't, why why go to mass? Look at all this bad stuff that's going on. And it's very emotionally driven and rightfully so God, God still gave us emotions. I'm not saying that this is a bad perspective, but I think, I think that's where I see the short game is that it's very emotionally driven and only, emotionally driven rather than instilling that no we can be joyous even in the dark Mm -hmm. um, because christ is that joy um so i mean that's the first thing that came to my mind um how to remedy that i mean it's 
I don't know if that's another episode, but <laughs> it could be another episode. That could be another episode. That's a huge. It, topic. it just caught me that you know many a times when we plan our 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 ministry season, um, we look for brush fires. Mm-hmm. You know that retreat. Oh, this is gonna set them on fire, but we fail to look at the, well, what are you gonna do after that brush fire? The, because the coming down the mountain. You know, the coming down the mountain because a lot of times you you hear teens like, oh man, that was so cool. We went to this, and it's like. And then they look forward to that every single mm-hmm. day. And as a youth minister, then you're exhausted because you're trying to <laughs> give them that brush fire yeah. every single <clears throat> night. Yes. And you're like, I cannot compete with Steubenville every single I can't yeah. do that. Um, but that's, you know, when, when you raise teens in, in ministry where it's retreat focused and oriented, then they're always looking for that high. Mm-hmm. And then all they're getting for the most of the year is lows. Yeah. And and I remember hearing from one of these teens like, you know, it's just not exciting to go to youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very much, as you know, I'm very much an environment kind of person. Yes. So I never had a night that was just like, oh, I, I have to have the environment because, you know, liturgically, you know, I like to go to mass and everything's. Yeah. We have every, an arts and environment arts ministry, ministry for a reason. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted them to be welcome in an environment. And and that's important for me. And I think a lot of the youth appreciate that. Um, but I, I think I, I find myself at times before where I focus so much on the environment that I, I failed on something. Mm-hmm. I failed to see the youth and welcomes because I was so focused on, oh, that's going to come off. I need to mm-hmm. make sure that those lights are up. Um, so those are the, th- the the pitfalls of my short season. And one of the biggest pitfalls, I think, in every new youth minister is the numbers game. Mm. I'm like, my numbers are down. And your youth, you, you know, your, your priest, your pastor is like, well, how many people came? Yeah. And... Other ministries and, and the older people in the church look and it's like, I see you only have three people there. Yes, yes. I was like, so you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. So how, how does that go for you guys when it's like when you fall into that trap? And what do you say to people who fall into that trap of the numbers game? Yeah, um, that comes up. I feel like that comes up every year. doesn't matter how many years experience you have. <clears throat> the, the numbers game it's big as a a working minister it's 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 huge because to a lot of people very similar to how we were talking about it's for a lot of teens the faith is emotionally driven i think when it comes to youth ministry um as a staff or your your pastor or whoever it is it's they can tell they think that a ministry is working if they see a lot of involvement, if they see a big number of people because they're not present. They don't see what what we're seeing in the teens. They don't interact with the teens the way that we do. And so to them, if they see a large number of people, that means it's working. Um, but we all know, I mean, as people who have worked in youth ministry before, it doesn't matter how many teens you have. Um, for instance, I think especially coming off the pandemic, um, We have smaller numbers, but I really feel like the teens that are participating, the teens that are coming, they want to be there. Like they're, they're yearning for it. And, 
um, they really want to experience more. And so they're ready and they're willing and they're open to whatever it is the ministry is, is offering them in that sense or, um, you know, even asking for more within the ministry, which is great. And so I, what I would say to people who are kind of talking about like this, this short, the short period of time or the, even the long what, what's the, the term you used earlier? The, um, the long, the long game. game. So the, the long game, um, knowing that like your numbers are always going to change. You're, it, it's, you're never going to have like the most consistent, like really large number in ministry. And so just knowing that even if you have a handful of teens, like there have been nights, I will be honest, where um, we have maybe three teens show up and, and you want to kick yourself, you know, as a, as a core team, as a youth minister, you want to be like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why aren't more teens coming? Um, but if you stop and you focus on those three and you even look back, you see these three have been coming every week. These three participate. These three open up in small group. These three really have questions and they're yearning for more in the faith. So obviously your numbers aren't big. Our numbers aren't like what I think everybody really desires in youth ministry, you know. Um, but the numbers that you do have, you're making an impact. Like, yeah. like there's they're obviously coming back. They're they're coming for more. Whether it's one, three, ten, twenty teens, we you really have to. Um, I'm a big believer that youth ministry is community focused. Like, while yes, they they really look for like the the emotion in things they do it because they're yearning for community and like they, they that's why Steubenville and these conferences over the summer are so effective. It's because they're experiencing these things. They're, they're experiencing Christ in community. in community and they can, they can talk to each other after and reminisce and be like, do you remember that adoration? Do you remember the mass we experienced together? Do you remember going to reconciliation and like being in line together and preparing to receive the sacrament? And it's because they are driven by that community. And so really I think, as a youth minister, the best thing we can do for our ministry is to offer more community. Um, and it doesn't really matter what you do with like, sometimes they don't care that it's a, a heartfelt night or, a you know, you really dive deep into doctrine and, 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 um, <laughs> teachings of the faith. They just want to experience it with their, with their fellow high school students or middle school students. They just want to know they're not alone in living out this faith and that they're not the only ones who struggle. They're not the only ones who go through this. And that, will take your short game into your long game. Right. Great segue. And I just want to add to that because uh, I remember, you know, these young high school students after coming from retreat and after a really awesome season. And it just reminds me of the last verse in, in the Gospel of John where it <laughs> says, you know, but there was, there are also many other things which Jesus did where every one of them to be written, I suppose, that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And I love that verse because that, to me, is John talking with the other disciples saying, hey, remember when, you know, when, when Luis did this and, and, and so-and-so did that? It's like, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much richness in the story that didn't get written down in the Gospels, yeah. <laughs> but they happen. And yeah. that's the community that they have. That's a community that we're building for young people. Mm -hmm. So a segue in the long game, what is the long game? And I'm looking at when I talk about the long game is that person that you worked with in 2012 when mm -hmm. you were 19, you know, do we still have a touchstone? Do we do we still remember them? Do we still get in contact with those people that 13, 14, 15 year old that mm -hmm. was there? Where are they now? Do we still have in, do, 
you know, do you still get in contact with them? Are they still living out the faith? Yeah. Or are they struggling? That's what I'm looking at. What is the long game? Because after a while, we look at doing this year in, year out. You get these youth, and then they move on. They go on to university. They move on with their lives. You don't see a lot of times you don't see them again. So what is the long game when we get to these young people that we serve? Is it, oh, we're just playing season by season? Or are we actually playing the long game mm -hmm. for them? Are we actually going to them and, and meeting them at Stater Brothers and saying in John chapter 25, say, remember when? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I really should go back. And, and a lot of times I am so guilty of this when I see a young person and say, hey, I haven't seen you at Mass. What's going on? And it's almost like that whole Catholic thing. They start feeling guilty. Oh, Catholic yeah. Guilt. Like, Catholic like, guilt. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I should. And, you know, instead of saying to them, it's like, hey, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. My response would be, yeah, you should. Yeah. Or my famous lines, because you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's always said in love and, and, and joking. But, um, but yeah, it's like, what is our long game with, uh, with these young people? As they become adults, what, is the, what should be and what is great advice for, for those people out there on how to pursue a long game? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you guys think? Because my, my thing there is, you know, you know, we, we all have done ministry where it's Eucharistic centered, mm -hmm. where we focus on the real presence. So my, my thoughts on that is the long game is the real presence. But I'm not saying real presence as they understand the Eucharist is the real presence. Mm -hmm. It's to be truly present mm -hmm. in the lives of the youth. Are we truly present? Are you truly present in the lives of the youth you serve? Or are they number? Yeah. You know, are they a number uh, as a participant? You know, Tony, you, you have good numbers. And you have people, regular people who, who always come. Uh -huh. And and so I think the the hard thing there is, you know, are they coming for you or are they coming for him? And I think that's that's hard time because our ego is fed by the numbers that we get. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's my youth minister. He's so cool. Yeah. So I never got that. But anyways, but um, I got that. He's so old. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, what what is what is your thoughts on what we could do as youth ministers for the long game? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where are they now? Yeah. You know, that's the hard question. Uh, is that me? Sure. Um, you went close to the mic, so I thought that was you. Um, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind is, uh, I feel like I repeat myself on this sh show, but um, <laughs> I guess after what, w one, almost 150 episodes, I mean, I guess it's bound to happen, but um, I'm a firm believer that people are not going to care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Um, I, I love I, that. <laughs> I think that it really comes down to, um, yeah, like what you described is going beyond a name or a face and talking to them as the individual. I, I guess the best example I can give at the top of my head is, um, you know, when we have small group time, that is the that is what I deem one of the most necessary relational parts of ministry. And, you know, what I'll see some small group leaders do, and granted, again, I'm guilty of doing this at times as well, um, is just 
dive right into the structured questions that are written out or planned out. Um, and it's never, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Little Billy, how how are you doing? How was that test that you had last week? You, were, you know, uh, actually talking to them as an individual, not as some sort of structured, um, calculated plan that has to be done or there's this, you know, thing that we need goal-driven. Um, but talking to them as individuals, um, getting a, a space where they can talk to each other as individuals and as another thing that we have to do. And this is school. We have to, you know, get... We have to know what 2 plus 2 equals 4, and um, that's what I'm here to do is just to learn that. Um, but yeah, essentially what you said is it's relational. Um, but you know, it it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I think one of the most important things in ministry that everybody really should set aside time for um, that kind of helps with what Tony shared leading into small group is really the the first few minutes of the night, right? Because I think Net Ministries does this the best and they call it MGM, meet, greet, and mingle. And yeah. that's the time Amen. where you, hey, like yeah. like you had a test last week, yeah. had it, like you were saying, yeah. how did that go? Or, um, you know, I had two teens who just performed in the Rose Parade. And so like catching up with them, yeah. how are rehearsals going? Like, have you guys... Did you learn all the music you had to learn? Like, what's the hardest part about it? And then after the fact, how was it? Like, what, like, did you get tired halfway through? Like, and, and just really talking to them about what they're interested in. Because if you do that, not that there's no need to do, like, the checkup in small group. Yes, there's always a good check. Like, it's a good time to do a checkup, especially if you don't get to talk to them before the night. Um, but I think that opens them up more in the small group. They're more willing to to talk during that time that you set aside if you took the time beforehand to like mm -hmm. seek them out to, to seek them out um to really check in with them and see how they're doing and and that they know that oh i remember they remembered that i was struggling with this or they remembered that i was really anxious about a test coming up or i i you know i was trying to get my driver's license and how did i like did i pass did i not pass or um i think if like you said if, if they see that you're interested if they see that you care enough to remember um, but also if you're honest with them, like if you're open, I know sometimes, especially at the beginning of the year, it's so hard to remember their names. Um, there's a lot of them. There's one of us or, you know, however many people are on your core team, but being honest and then be like, okay, just, just give me a hint, you know, like, like playing that, mm -hmm. not playing the game, but showing them like, I, I really am trying, like I'm, I'm really, yeah, really human. trying. Exactly. Um, and I think that's really what hits and affects teens the most is that they have an adult in their corner. They have an adult who who is there to walk with them in the faith, who is there, but also genuinely cares about what is going on in their life outside of the church. And I think that's the most important thing in youth ministry is so many teens see us as, oh, they just know church me. They mm -hmm. don't know high school me. They don't know mm -hmm. fam like, like family me or what, how I'm at my house. Um, but us taking the time to get to know them as a whole person, as the whole person that God created them to be, that's where we make the difference. That's where we can start bringing in the long game because we're invested. You know, yeah. like we, we're not just invested in, did you pray today? Like you said, yeah. did you go to mass? Like, yeah, have mass. you been attending mass? But we're more, especially with the teens that we kind of, like you said, catch up with later on in life. Um, I have a teen who I met him. It was my first year as a youth minister. And he went to, he wasn't even from our parish, but he took one of our spots for Steubenville. 
And it was the first time I had ever met him. And he attended. And he was so funny. He was that guy that everybody just loved to be around because he was so fun. I see him every week at Stater Brothers when I go shopping. And <laughs> he always sees me. And he goes, come come right here. And he wants to bag my groceries. <laughs> Even if I don't ask for it, he wants to walk me to my car and help me put the groceries in my car. And just to see, like, that I'm able to still catch up with him. And, like, as he's bagging my groceries, like – Hey, so how are you doing? Like, how's, I know you're, you're, you went back to school. Like, how's that going? And just those little moments, even if it's not a weekly thing, but every time you see them ask about the last thing you remember, it doesn't matter what you remember. Like maybe they were going to go off to college and then you, you all of a sudden see them three years later. Hey, like, I remember you went off to school. Like, are you still there? Have you transferred? Like what's going on? Are you still in the same major? Um, and I think that is what makes a difference. It, it doesn't matter what we remember as long as you remember a little detail. Yeah. Because it's the little, it's, I say that about everything. It's the little details. Like just how you were talking about environment earlier. It's the little details. Little details. Someone like, will remember that. Yeah. And so like they, they, it doesn't matter what you remember. Just remember something. Like just, just try. Um, and I think if they see us trying, making efforts, that's really going to determine our long game. Like that's going to make the difference. It's so true. And, and you know when you were gonna say Tony yeah can I just offer also another perspective um as you're talking I'm also thinking I think it's important like because I think we're on the same page with that um you know the relational and making that interest of the the individual rather than the group Mm -hmm. speak to the individual just like God when he says I love you he doesn't say as a group he says I love you Mm -hmm. as the individual um but you know also sometimes it's not as complicated as you think you know um not to call out her name because i don't know if she wants her business but remember the zoom that we were on uh was it two days ago okay there was an individual that was on the zoom yeah Mm -hmm. that individual (laughs) was a former teen she um this was actually through confirmation like she was always the quiet person i honestly didn't know her name at the time like i couldn't memorize it there's you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um names and i'm bad at memorizing um but years later she reached out to me and she started asking me questions about the faith um and again i I remembered her Mm -hmm. but like not the name and so forth long story short she started serving with me at my parish years later um and we became very very good friends you know and um she still serves you know this i don't know seven years later um, and she's very involved and I never really, I don't think I've ever had like a full on conversation with her at the time when I was ministering to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked her one time cause it was very intriguing. I said, what made you like reach out to me? You know? Cause I feel like I didn't have that one-on-one individual yeah. relationship with her. She go, she said, I'm going to paraphrase, but she said like, this, the way you articulated the faith and you just seemed real. Yeah. And, and I think that's what it also comes down to tr- trickling down to the, the faithful um, and our young people is is be real, be honest, um, you know, mention your shortcomings at times um, because that's going to trickle down to what they view the church. Mm-hmm. Is the church a tangible thing that I can actually seek out and reach out and be involved in and relate to? Or is it going to be just something that like, oh, yeah, it's overly pious and hands together and mm-hmm. everything has to be perfect. And um, because that's not something that as a young person I can relate to. Um, but, yeah, it's also through our example inadvertently, um, too. So for all my introverts out there, there's hope. 
hope. <laughs> there is hope. Yeah, well, <laughs> on, on the last note on ministry long game, <clears throat> I think as, as a youth minister and we look at certain things that go on, we want every season to be successful. And we, we are so hard on ourselves when it is not because our numbers were low or, or none of the teens volunteered to come back or things like that. And that's, and that's really hard sometimes to take. But the ministry long game, if you've been doing this long enough, is you see them when I can understand and I can, I can just see Tony's former youth minister going, yes, <laughs> look at him. That's a fruit. Yeah. And seeing them when when they when they come back mm-hmm. with their children, they're married, yeah. and they introduce you. Oh, this is my this is my wife, or this is my husband, and this is my son. And they named I didn't name him after you, um, <laughs> which I'm still hoping that they would. But but those are the things as you see them. Maybe they're not participating in youth ministry, but yeah. you see them at mass and they're living out their faith. Exactly. And then they come and greet you. That's the long game. Mm-hmm. That's that's the outcome that we want is that we plant seeds of faith because youth ministry is easy. Yeah. Because you only have them for this period of time. It's adult ministry that's hard because that's the rest of, of their, their life. life. <laughs> but the most important thing that we have in ministry is is showing his real presence in our real presence so that we plant the seeds of the faith of what the church provides, which, as you said, is community. Mm-hmm. A loving, welcoming community that invests in you that you can always come home to. Yeah. Even when you step away for a little bit, you know that you can come back, and I know that Jesus is truly present there, mm-hmm. and I'm home. And so that's that's my aspect uh, and thoughts of of the long game, is that you you love them enough so that they understand the 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 that Jesus is truly in love with them mm-hmm. and wants them home. So on that note, fam, um, that's what we have for this first episode of this episode of of this This series this connected and what i want you guys to do is listen to the next episode when we talk with with us again on another topic about youth ministry um and i forgot what we were going to say we haven't been doing this for a long time oh and if you guys um have any comments or questions uh please send us an email at catholic.dad at gmail.com or subscribe to our youtube and our other podcast stations and as always i forgot it was catholic.dad50 catholic.dad50 at gmail.com we patreon.com slash this connected yeah if you want to support this podcast which follow follow us at catholic.dad on instagram and and all all that she wants to promote her stuff and she's like no okay (laughs) (laughs) And Melissa is at St. Peter and Paul yes. in Rancho Cucamonga. If you want to reach out to her, um, check out the website. They actually do have a website in St. Peter and Paul. For our listeners who go to St. Peter and Paul, say hello to Melissa. Yes. She's your youth minister and all the other good stuff. Yes. Um, and as always, uh, please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. And as always, live a life of holiness, be blessed, and be third. Bye. Bye.
Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind and drown with the noise. Different generations of the girls and boys. So sit back and relax. This cat, the podcast, don't overreact. If these thoughts are abstract, when it's hosted by Catholic Dark Dad, who knows what's gonna happen? Hey, what's up, fam? Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind and drown with the noise. And see if this connected. What's up, fam? To connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever back runaway thoughts like a runaway train break into conversation like links of a chain make a hail mary pass hope disconnects have a question for a guest put it to rest live a life of holiness lead by example follow at catholic.dead and many tangled <laughs> christ leads our way he's the good shepherd pray for one another be blessed and be there different points of view and highs and lows a new perspective everywhere you go open up your mind and drown with the noise and see if this connected. This connected podcast is brought to you by The Cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city. Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin, located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out the cabin on Instagram at the cabin 2021 again that's at the cabin 2021 t h e c a b i n 2021